This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles, on the Rockstar Radio Network. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, top of the day to everybody. We have a fabulous day here from my home base in Colorado. And we're going to be talking about a couple of adventures that I think are so important for authors. And that includes book awards. Do you do it or do you not? Which ones do you go to? How do you pick because the book award industry has become so huge um, out there. And in our second half hour, we're going to be looking at not book awards, but book reviews. Again, do you go for them? Which ones should you solicit? Should you think about paying for it? What do you do if you have one that is ugh, not so good? So with me, our first hour, uh, first part of the hour will be Ellen Reed. And Ellen, I've known for several years, and she does uh, some things that I do. We have a lot in common. Number one, we love working with authors. We love books. Um, and we love quality books. Neither Ellen and I, it's almost like, that you know, put the X over the spot if we see a book that is not up to our standards and our taste. And Ellen, as a book coach, as a book consultant, as a book shepherd, She's had a highly successful career in producing excellence for both her clients and many who have gone on to become award-winning. A few years ago, she became the uh, founder and she's the president of the National Indie Excellence Book Awards, which is one of the ones that the Author You community recommends to their membership to participate in. And she draws upon that practical in the trenches experience that she does when she works with her clients. Clients, she brings the same integrity and work effort to the book awards. And one of the things that I like a lot about what Ellen does is that when she's working with her own clients, they can't enter her book award contest, but she does encourage them to go on to some of the others. So with that said, welcome to your guide to book publishing, Ellen. Yes. Hi, everybody. It's so nice of you to invite me, Judith. Thank you. Oh, well, you are so welcome. Well, let's talk about some of those things that are out there. And um, what, what, what should an author be looking for when they're considering putting their monies into the book award field? I think the most important thing to realize is that there are deadlines and dates of publishing of contests. Certain contests only have books that are the, in the previous year. For example, the Ippies, the Benjamin Franklin. So if you have a new book that's uh, just come out in the prior year, there are contests for that. And I think you have them listed in a document you sent me, too, which is also very good. In my case, for the Indie Excellence Awards, we start with 2009, 10, 11, and then the contest ends um, April 15th. So if you have a 2012 book, you can enter that as well. So I think that has a, a lot to do with it, what the dates are. 
So the years for the uh, excellence, the Indi- National Indie Excellence Awards are again, which years right now that you're taking? 2009, and then uh, the contest is open through April 15th of 2012. So if you're published in 2000, the pub date has to be 2009, 10, 11, 12, and the books have to be in publication. They have to be able to be purchased on Amazon or in a bookstore or on a website. They can't just be um, PDFs that are downloadable. All right, they so they have to be a legit the they have to book. Be published. Yeah, they have to be a P book. We're talking. These are P books or print books for our listeners. Yes. Is that now, correct? Dan, po- Dan Pointer has the Global Ebook Awards, which he just started last year, Judith. I know you know that. And right. we don't take, we don't do the ebook award. We don't do ebooks. It's nope. a totally different kind of, I guess, judging. Now, e-books are different judging. They're a different type of animal, um, sometimes a different format. So let's come back to, so you're one of the few book awards, I believe, that really covers multiple years uh, in in its judging. Yes, that's true. And the rest of them are, like the forward is only the, the prior year. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Well, let, let's get into, Ellen, which book awards are out there. And, and the document that she was referring to for our listeners, if it's January when you're listening to this, you can go to the author U, A-U-T-H-O-R, the letter U.org website. And if you click on the on the left side of the homepage, the current uh, January uh, easing has a really detailed article um, uh, that will include that. If you don't have that, you can text 69302 and put in book pub, and then I will send it to you in a, a PDF attachment. So you have that, that 69302 on your text, and put in the, the word book or phrase, I guess I should say, book pub, all one word. All right, Ellen, let's, let's go through the, uh, before we go through the laundry list, here's what I want to do. What should an author look for in consideration? I don't think I don't think I understand the question. What should an author look for, or what should a contest yeah. look for? Well, no, which contest? What authors looking for? What contest? Because there are a zillion out there now. Oh, and I see what you mean. They well, become I'll big. Tell you, I really like I like a lot of them, and there's some that even aren't on your list that I want to recommend too. I want to caution everybody that book festivals are not the same as book contests. There's a couple of PR people who are recommending that authors go to book festivals without contests, and I think that's kind of a waste of time unless you want to sit at a booth outside someplace and hope for the best. Well, let's talk about the difference between the two. Ellen, Ellen, talk about the difference between the two. Well, a festival is when you pay for a booth and you get to sit there and everybody comes and, and it's like having a booth at a show like we do, Judith, sometimes mm-hmm. when we go to other people's events and we let mm-hmm. people know what we do. That's mm-hmm. what a festival does. Sometimes a book festival has to do with an author who won a contest and they get the privilege of going to the festival where all the winners have booths and then hope people will come. I've, go- I've gone to some of those in L.A. I think the best part of winning the contest, though, is going to get the sticker or the certificate and being able to say, I won a contest on your website and with your social media and everything. That, to me, is the best of all possible worlds. All right. And so... Not not physically going to a, a place, a location. All right, so when so the festival is really a, a type of a trade show that right. you go and you hope that the general public, it's usually the general public, wanders in and falls in love with your book and, and buys it and takes it home. Would that be correct? 
Yes, but sometimes you can't get invited unless you've already won the contest. All right, so some so have, you have yeah, to be awarded right. to be included. Okay? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right, and then secondly, we have book. There are book awards, and then there are book awards. So <laughs> sure. when an author is considering investing their money, and I personally view that uh, when you go into a book award contest, that's part of your marketing dollars. Because if you're successful and honored, then you are going to take that honor and tell the world about it via some type of campaign. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, if I have a minute, I just wanted to read one thing okay. from um, somebody that won my, the contest. And I'll talk about everybody else's contest, too, because we're all colleagues in a way. I mean, nobody competes with each other. They're all, everybody gets to enter however many or as few contests as they want to, and they're all judged independently of each other. So Alice Inouye wrote a book, and uh, the little piece of it says, like everyone else, I proudly affixed the stickers to the front of my book, and in September I received an invitation from Lifetime Television to appear as a guest author expert on their morning show, The Balancing Act. It's a highly rated morning show with hundreds of thousands of viewers reaching 220 markets. They wanted me to share the concepts from my book. When I asked how they found my book, the producer said, there are hundreds of thousands of books published each year, and we don't have time to screen all of them we go straight to the award winners and start our screening process from there mm -hmm. so i want to say thank you as i credit you for blah 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 isn't that amazing that's a, that's a lovely testimony i mean i i was so i got a chill when i got that i thought and she was so excited but you know we don't know what's going to happen out of these contests and who you know what they're going to do with it but this is just one little tidbit of what happens when you do win something and people find out about it Mm -hmm. Well, with that said, um, and kudos to her, certainly, with that said, there are some books, uh, a contest that might be more appropriate for one type of genre or a specific specific genres than others. Um, your contest has lots of options that authors can enter into. Is that not correct? Yes. We All do right. that on purpose because... Because of the indie publishing and self-publishing and create space and small press and university presses and everybody except the the, uh, the big six, you know, the random houses can enter the National Indie Excellence Awards. And so your books are, are judged against other books that are not um, print-on-demand. They're, they're really published by other publishers, small press. They're indie publishers. And... Um, it's overall excellence is the way they're being judged. So that's just the contest that I sponsor. But the Benjamin Franklin Awards, um, they do it differently. They have critiques and they send out, you know about this, Judith. Mm -hmm. They send out why the book won or didn't win or what they thought of it. We don't do that because, um, because we just don't. And I don't think a lot of the contests give critiques anymore. But that's sometimes a good thing to do. Benjamin Franklin's been around a long time. All right, and, and for our listeners, the Benjamin Franklin's are sponsored by the IBPA, the International Book Publishers Association. Correct. All right. So that's so, the Colorado Book Awards is fabulous, too. And, uh, and forward, you can only submit if you have a book from the previous year. Mm -hmm. And that is strictly for independent press. Um, well, I think yeah. those, 
that goes on. And one of the things that I mentioned in the, uh, the when I was talking about book awards, in Colorado, there's the Colorado Center for the Book. And many states, and, and this actually was sponsored by the, the federal government, these centers initially. And many of the states do have a program. And so for our listeners um, that are all over the United States, you, you just want to contact the uh, your uh, your state, your your uh, capital, and find out if there is a center for the book. Just put in center for the book, Delaware Center for the Book, Kansas, fill in the blank, and see if there is a, a link that will take you to a program. And, and and they have they carry enormous prestige winning one of the state ones, which I, I'm fortunate that one of my books did. Oh, that's wonderful. We did that. All right. So, Ellen, let's say someone sends a book into the National um, um, Indie Excellence. When we come back from the break, I want you to tell us what's kind of the process a judge might go through when they look, just look at a book. Okay. All right. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author U today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author U on Twitter at Author U and on Facebook at Author U, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author U, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Every picture tells a story. And it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover. Nick Selinger and NZ Graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors, independent and traditional publishers for years. He has developed a reputation for excellent work, fast turnarounds, and best of all, affordable pricing. NZ Graphics also produces ebooks and book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evy Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303 985 
4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Hi, if you, a reminder, if you have questions, you're listening live, you can call us at 866-404-6519. I'm Judith Bryles, and with me is my guest, Ellen Reed, and she is the president of the National Indie Excellence Book Awards. We're talking about what what makes books shine and what gets the, the uh, judge's eyes, which is what I wanted to go through, is some of the points that come through when a, when a book is shipped. So, Ellen, I'm going to throw it to you, and, and let's pretend you... You have just opened a package. You've got, let's say, a hundred packages for for entries. What's the judge going to be looking at? Well, first of all, our our entries are all judged per category. So, if there are five hundred books in the mystery category, they're judged against each other. That makes any right. sense. You'll have to look. The judges look at the at the overall book. They look at the cover. They turn it over, just like we did in the bookstores in the old days. Remember, mm-hmm. thirty seconds for the front cover, a few seconds for the back, flipping through the middle. And um, uh, they read. They read the book, but basically overall excellence is the key when you look at them against each other. So they're winning or they're finalists uh, against their peers, which is right. fascinating. And you can really tell right away. I mean, there was a book that was really good. It was well written. The cover was totally black, and the and the title was uh, in white, and it was just a little title in the middle of the page. So sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. So the judges have to decide that. You know, I'm not a judge. I'm not allowed to judge, but I do read. By my, I do read a lot of the books because they're near me, so mm-hmm. and the judges read the books. But it doesn't matter how great the writing is if the whole thing doesn't doesn't fly. That makes sense. Well, with with the a variety of different options, I know off the air you and I were talking about the pos, you know what, what's going on in Create Space, what's going on in uh, you know with, in the in the LSI and the print on demand, what's happening with even the mainstream, the smaller. Uh, uh, the, the lesser tier, not the big six, in publishers who are allowed to enter into the contest. Yes, so, what, what's the difference in these qualities that's come along that you've seen evolve over the years? Oh my gosh, the most wonderful thing is that indie books and and the uh, print-on-demand books are starting to look very good. Mm-hmm. They really are. The designs are good. People are getting smarter. They know how to make a book uh, look like it was done by a big house, even if it isn't. Mm-hmm. And um, and so those are all the qualities that we look at when we're judging books against each other in a category. 
All right, so would you... Including the copyright page, which, you know, might sound like a stepchild, but Judith, you know this is a book shepherd. <laughs> you can really tell the difference. An ISBN is one thing, but you might want to have a Library of Congress control number. You might want to have a publisher's cataloging and publication for the libraries, the, the disclaimers. Some of the books that come in don't have anything on the copyright page except an ISBN number. They don't even have the copyright 2012 by Dr. Judith Bryles on there. So people ought to be careful no matter what they do, even if they don't enter a contest, I think, in creating a book that um, competes, I would like to say, or is like a book that's done by mainstream or small press. Well, one of the things that I've told people is that the authors, if, if, they, if their desire is to get into a library, they better have that LCCN number. They, they better have all the things that the big boys have. And if you're just not sure, for heaven's sakes, open up any mainstream book and look at what they have on that copyright page. You need to duplicate it. Of course, you use your name. I mean, it would be lovely, as Ellen said, you know, copyright 212, Dr. Judith Browse. Well, I would be honest but not a good idea. Use your own name. <laughs> oh, did I say something? Uh, what, I'll say a story once, and this is a brief story about a woman who came to me with a book that she had published herself. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at it, I saw the PCIP block, and it said um, cataloging and publication, which is hard to get when you're doing your own thing. You have to get what's called a publisher's cataloging. And I said to her, where did you get this information? She said, well, I looked in one of my books in, on my bookshelf, and I just copied it, and I made up all the numbers. Oh. And I told her, you can't do that. Oh, my <laughs> you goodness. You can't do that. You have to actually get the real numbers. But that's just a rare case. But be careful, and that's why people should have advice from Judith, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it, and and you know what people don't realize is to 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 get those numbers, you're not spending money. You spend a little time, but not a lot. But you have no. to go through and fill out the 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 bloody forms, and and they respond. You, in fact, the Library of Congress, which used to take a couple of weeks, are now responding within 48 hours. Oh, I know, faster than that sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're really yeah. on it, so that's very good. But I think a lot of writers don't even know that that exists and that they they don't know how to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's not exact. That's not all we look at. I just I'm just saying overall, kind of reminds me um, of going to a black tie event where the, if all the men are wearing flat black ties, you don't notice anything until a guy comes in with a plaid bow tie. Exactly. You look at a book and, doesn't, and you see it and it looks like a big house did it or a, a good small press or an indie press, you don't notice anything. What happens is when something isn't done right or left out, it stands out like, a, like that tie. All right, so the books come in, the judges, the, whether it's mystery, whether it's health, whether it's inspiration, whether it's travel, whatever the category is, it goes to those judges. Mm -hmm. The judge picks it up, it gives it the seven to ten second look over on the cover. Does it appeal? Does it say what the book's going to be about, etc.? They do the flip over and what kind of information they're looking for there. And then they look at the spine. What are they looking for on the spine? Oh, just the name of the book and the name of the publisher, the name of the author, and a publishing logo usually, like they do in the big houses. Okay, and then and then they do the thumb through to see how it they, looks. Pardon me. They do a thumb through of the book to see how visually it looks on the interior. Absolutely. If it's a, and I've seen so many books that are printed in Word, which is a no-no, as you know. Uh, they're just printed in Word, and they start at the top of the page and go to the bottom, and the tiny little fonts, tiny little type, very hard to read. You know that those books were just printed. They mm -hmm. weren't designed. 
Well, when it, what you know, Ellen, one of the things that I tell authors, and I suspect that you're probably on my page here, is that you really need to think of not only your genre, but who your reader is and what their age is. Absolutely. And if, if you're dealing with the, the, uh, the, adult, the adult crowd versus the children who read on their cell phones, um, that if, if you're doing that, you really need to think of the visual side. And I know that we have encouraged our authors to bump up the font sometimes or make sure that they use a type of font. The interior designer uses a font that is a little bit broader so it's easier visually on the eyes. Absolutely, absolutely. All all those are taken into consideration. Not not just with uh, the contest I sponsor, but I would venture to say at most of the contests. Mm-hmm. We have a few mi- few minutes left. What I okay. want you to do is to go through um, what what kind of contests. I mean, there's a lot out there. What kind of contests should our authors maybe steer away from? That maybe are more about collecting the money versus giving you a quality. Um, sticker if you win, so to speak. Well, I don't even like to say that because um, a contest is a contest is a contest, and the ones that are on your list are all very good, and the ones that aren't on your list are also very good. I don't know if you're familiar with the San Francisco Book Festival contest, the DIY, the Los Angeles Book Festival. Um, you know, there's a lot of those, and those are very good also, and they don't have many, many years of books coming at them, and they also don't have a whole lot of categories. I think the ones that come that ha- that have you compared to mainstream are hard. You know, some of the contests, I don't know who they are, will compare and have um, a random house book next to an author house book. How is that? How is that fair? No, you know what it's- I mean. That's not apples and oranges, it's apples and eggs. Right. So there's a couple contests out there like that that take everybody. And, uh, you know, so you you wonder. So it's about, well, I'll tell you, it's about the money. Oh. (laughs) It's just. Well, you know, I'm a book shepherd. I love indie (laughs) authors, and I love the fact that we're getting to a place now where the quality has really risen to the top. It's wonderful, and it's a big thrill for me. This is our sixth year, and that from six years ago till now, it's been amazing how things have gotten so much more, more um, mainstream looking, and the writing is wonderful. But the writing was always good, but the, the packaging is so great. All right, Ellen. In our last minute here, what what you've got your winners? What does the what do you do um, with telling the world about them? What, oh, what I, kind of- I said I have a publicist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two publicists. I have the uh, at Book Expo America. I hire the virtual press office every year, mm-hmm. and they get the list of all the winners and finalists. And they, I put them all on the website. I usually have a video of the books of all the winners and finalists. They get it out to the press at BEA. So that's good. Then I have another publicist who gets it out everywhere where uh, people want to know what books were winning which contests. So I pay for that. And I also pay for all the awards. You know, I I give sponsors choice prizes to, out of the winners and finalists, I select um, certain ones that get the sponsors choice prizes. If you go to the site, you'll see what those are. That's excellent. So let's give give them the site so they can find you. Oh, it's just IndieExcellence.com with two E's, I-N-D-I-E-E-X-C-E-L-L-E-N-C-E.com. And take a look, see what you think. There's testimonials. There's video testimonials. This year we got video testimonials, which I thought was so great, just to see how, how excited people are. 
That's terrific. All right, Ellen Reed, thank you so much. You, you are one of the people we recommend. And one of the things we also recommend is that it's important for me with, with book awards that the sponsor tells the world about it. And Ellen Reed is one of those sponsors. You heard how she hires separate PR people to get out and do a fabulous shout-out at the major book expo event as well as on her own. So, Ellen, thanks for being with us. You're welcome. And Thank you so much for inviting me. You are welcome. Coming up, we have Phil Knight from Color House Graphics who's going to give us a, uh, a few tips on printing. And then we'll have Patty Thorne from Blue Leaf Book Reviews. I'm Judith Riles. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. Do you need postcards that make a statement? How about business cards, flyers, brochures, or NCR forms? Tuvets is the solution for all your printing needs. Providing services specially designed for authors, we deliver exceptional quality colored printing. Most important of all, we specialize in reducing your printing costs. No more waiting. No more standing in lines at your local printer. Online proofing. With our pricing tools calculator, you can get instant quotes on all your printing products, as well as shipping rates all over the United States. Just a few clicks of the mouse and you're on the way to discovering how easy and convenient online color printing should be. Contact our friendly, human, account representatives. We recognize that you want answers, not voice prompts. Visit our website at www.tu-vets.com or call one 800 894-8977. Thompson Shore specializes in all books for big and small publishers. We're focused on pleasing our customers and creating beautiful, well-made books. When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed the best employees would make up the best company. They hired people who were not just experts in bookmaking and printing, but who were obsessed with quality. We can help you create buzz for your title when it's just in its infancy with a marketing kit. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. We are books. We're flexible to meet your needs and expectations. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, you'll be in the very capable hands of our customer service team who are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. Contact Dave Raymond at Thompson Shore. 
With Thompson Shore Standards of Excellence, you can be sure that you have the help to put your best book forward. Call 734-426-3939. That's 734-426-3939. Or visit our website at thompsonshore.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Oh, with me for a couple of minutes with one of our sponsor tips is one of my favorite people, Phil Knight with Colorhouse Graphics. Welcome, Phil. Welcome, Judith. Judith, thanks for having me on this evening. I appreciate it. So what's our hot printing tip? Well, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that maybe uh, I would like to share with your audience tonight is, is something that I consider uh, uh, very valuable in the whole printing and publishing process because uh, the, the cost of printing your book might be the, one of the more primary costs in the whole process. And it's a big expense, and we all want to make sure that it's done right. Um, my suggestion is to get your printer involved as early in the process as you possibly can, even at the point when you're considering design options. Uh, I can think of many occasions where I've had freeway conversations with designers uh, about papers that we could utilize, about uh, uh, trim sizes and formats that are either more efficient or more practical. And quite frankly, we've had our eyes on hundreds and thousands of books over a long period of time. We have some pretty good idea of what uh, good design is and how a book can function if it's designed properly. We also would like to suggest that you get a good look at the materials that are being utilized in the, in the uh, process. And, uh, you know, quite often I'll, I'll have a project that is he heavily illustrated or full color. And uh, I oftentimes suggest that we have some test files to process and share with the client so that they can see how the images look and how the book size feels and how the materials function in that book. All right, and what, what would be the cost the of that? designer and the publisher author a chance to um, really get a good feel for what that final product will look like before they invest uh, a lot of money in, in production costs. All right, and, and so do you do that with a decision? Because I know I, I go out and um, and we actually will do a – we need to do a whole printing show, I think, Phil, but that I'll go out and I get bids from multiples, and then we may decide you know decide who we go with. So what's the extra cost of getting those pre-samples before you really go into a layout of well, a book? Well, you know, uh, Judith, quite honestly, I feel like there's enough benefit uh, for us to make sure that the client is pleased that – I don't normally charge for a couple of samples. Wow, hot uh, tip. <laughs> um, if uh, we can help make the, the process go that much smoother, chances are we're going to have a more satisfied customer. And, um, you know, the whole they're going to sell more books. These things uh, will come back to us in, in the future. Excellent. Well, Normally, thank you I do, so much. I do not uh, uh, charge for samples like this. 
Oh, excellent tip. So to all our listeners on printing, ask your printer if they will give you a couple of sample, uh, uh, sample, uh, you know, pages. We're not talking about the whole book uh, before you commit to a multi-thousand dollar investment. Sounds good. Thanks, Phil Knight. Okay, Judith. It's been a pleasure. Here we go. Color House Graphics, one of the author you sponsors that we highly recommend. All right. Now we have on the line one of my favorite people. I've known Patty for a zillion years. Actually, I met her across coffee at a, at a restaurant where she was interviewing me on one of my books when she was a reporter with the Rocky Mountain News. She went on to become their book editor, and there are times that we uh, clashed a little bit on some of the things that she was writing, but I always felt, my God, this woman can write, and when is she going to do her own book? Well, she's not writing her own book yet, per se, at least the way I love to see her do it, but what she is is she is working with people on their books, and she is an editor in her own right um, since she's left the Rocky Mountain News, and she also is the managing partner of a whole new enchilada called Blue Ink Reviews, which specializes in doing book reviews of the self-published and independent published markets. So with us this afternoon for our final segment is Patty Thorne. Welcome, Patty. Hey, Judith. Thanks for having me. So tell me what exactly um, is Blue Ink? I, I mean, I've given a little hint, but why would why'd you find it? Um, well, you know, I guess it goes back to where we clashed early on in, um, yeah. when I was at the Rock <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, our so when I was book editor at the Rocky Mountain News, I would get um, lots of self-published books, and we had a policy of not reviewing self-published books. And the reason for that, and that's where Judith and I, just for the audience's um, <laughs> knowledge, that's where we sort of clashed in that you felt that we should have been reviewing self-published books. Not all and, of them. I mean, I agree with you. Most of them are crap. I hate to say that. There's too much crap out there. But there are some really wonderful self-published books. Yeah. And the thing is, and it was really hard to explain, but at that time, you know, I had a very small budget. We paid reviewers probably $20. When I first started, it was $20 a review. When I finished, it was 50 And I had a very small budget. So in order to find those good books, you know, you have to devote quite a lot of manpower to going through not-so-good books, and I just didn't have that kind of resources. So people would call me up often and say, you know, I have, I've just printed my book, and how can I order up a review? And I'd, I'd say, well, I'm really sorry, you know, we don't, we don't take orders for reviews, and <laughs> we don't... Um, we don't review self-published books, and they'd say, "Oh my God! Well, then, how am I gonna get how am I gonna get the word out about my book?" And I I'd say, "Well, you know, I'm really sorry," and and it was just sort of a frustration for me in that, you know, I just felt terrible for these people. And I did believe you, Judith. You know that there were gems in these piles of book, but you know, I just knew we didn't have the resources to find them. So. When the newspaper went under, um, I was talking with an agent friend of mine, and, you know, we were just thinking that this would be a really good service that people need for self-published books. Um, So what we are is we are a fee-based review service. People pay a fee. They send us their book. We send the book to a qualified reviewer, 
and then return the review to the author. Um, the, uh, the reviews are all honest, objective reviews, so it's possible that an author might pay for a negative review, which is um, never what you hope, but it does happen. So, so that's what we are, and so now people can call and order a review, and they can get their book reviewed. Yeah, and even if it's negative, you can still find a positive to do with it, which we, we, hopefully we can hit on before we exit this afternoon. So why, do, why does an author need a review? Well, I think um, reviews help, like, um, tremendously. Uh, there's, as you know, you know, there's thousands and thousands of books published every year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, each book really is sort of a faceless spine to people unless they know unless they know what's in it. And a, and a book review provides an objective analysis of the book. So a book isn't like a movie. I mean, I think movies need reviews too, but if you're going to spend, you're not usually going to spend two hours reading a book. You're going to spend four or five or more hours, and it's a huge investment, not only of money, but time. Mm-hmm. So I think a review is really important for people to know, is this going to be worth that investment? It's going to be worth my time more than anything else. So if, if, if an author has a, let's say they have a positive review that comes out of one of your reviewers for Blue Ink Review, mm-hmm. uh, would then, would the Library Journal have an interest? Would, would somebody else, would one of the mainstreams, Library Journal would be a mainstream for me. Publishers Weekly is certainly huge, but they want to see everything before. You're looking at books post usually, are you not, or am I wrong on that? Um, yeah, we accept books that are printed, published. So they're so post. We don't really do yeah. pre-manuscript kind of reviews. Right. So library journal and and the and the other is not an issue. Um, what do, what do you, they do with a review once they get one? What do you suggest? Well, you know, a review can be used a million. Well, not a million, but a lot of different ways. Um, I suggest that they find the best, most lively, most evocative line or two from the review mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. To put it on all any marketing material, any press releases. So, you know, you can kind of make a review snowball for you if you if you put it on your press release, and it can catch. It may then catch the eye of um, another reviewer, another publication. Um, I'd put it on the back of the book. I'd put it on my website. I'd put it on any advertisements that I had. I would put it on any um, emails that I send out trying to attract the attention of someone else who might um, help me market my book. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, sure. I, I would use it on every, you know, if you put out little bookmarks for your marketing of your book, put it on that. Um it's, it'll just it, it, one review helps catch the eye for the next person who might write the next review, and the more reviews you have, the better it is. Patty, when we come back from our break here, what I'd like to do is have you talk about some of the biggest reasons that that self-publishers get negative reviews. And I'd also love to really look at, do they really sell books, a review, how to do, and does it belong on the back of your book or does it belong on the inside, which is certainly the trend I see uh, more and more as I see, especially if there's a laundry list of reviews that that a book has picked up, that they'll put them in what we call the front matter. 
right. So when we come back, okay. we're going to we'll be back here in just uh, a few minutes to and do pay attention to the wonderful sponsors that we have that make your guide to book publishing possible. I'm Judith Bryles. My guest, Patty Thorne. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd if you want to create a book with no regrets. Give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at MyBookShepherd and on Facebook at TheBookShepherd. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based eBooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. 
Well, we're back again with Patty Thorne. And the question always is about reviews. How do you get them? Where do you go? Should you pay? Is it going to be biased or which way is it going to go? What do you do if you get a negative review? So maybe, Patty, let's open up. So let's say that it's not so wonderful. You mentioned before we took our break that maybe there's a line or two that might be really divine that you can pull from it. What else, what else could you do? If you get a negative review? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's the best thing. Well, there's two ways a negative review is useful. Um, one is usually there is a line in a review that you can use that, you know, most books are mixed reviews, really. And so you're gonna, there's going to be positive and negative in the review. So the best thing you can do is take the positive line and use that. But broader than that, I think, especially for self-publishing authors, is to actually pay attention to the review and use it as constructive criticism. I mean, nobody likes to get a negative review, and I know that, but um, all of our reviews, when they're negative, they have really good advice for authors in there, and I really hope that people take that advice with them when they do their next work. So, I mean, eh. That's pretty cheap, actually, if you think about it in the long run. If you pay attention to it, it can pay off as you go down the road in your writing work. So mm -hmm. I guess, you know, I don't know too much about how you would use a negative review other than um, those two ways, I guess. And then I guess not tell anybody and then fix it. Fix right. it. Well, so yeah. yeah, I mean, and then go back and take another stab at it. And don't blame the messenger. Just look at the message and say, well, Maybe there's something here I can learn from. Yeah, besides, my mother loved it. Let's right. talk about some of the biggest reasons that those reviews may turn negative. Well, so the biggest reason um, that we see is that books have not been copy edited. And by that, I mean an editor hasn't gone through and fixed all the punctuation, grammar problems. Um, it's amazing the things that we see which really... Um, will just drop your jaw. I mean, there are books that go on for pages and pages without any punctuation at all that we've received. And if you've ever tried to read something where the punctuation is not correct, it's, it's the most mind-boggling <laughs> experience. I never realized how important punctuation and grammar was until I read um, some of these books that have not been copy edited. So, mm -hmm. I think you would agree, right, Judith, that that's, mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things. But beyond that, also a content editor, um, I'd say the biggest comment we have in our reviews is that this was a great idea. It had a lot of potential. It just needed an editor to polish it, shape it up, maybe give it a little more direction or something like that. I'd say those were, are the two major things that most of our negative reviews will say not a, there wasn't good copy editing and there wasn't good, you know, it could have used a content editor. Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, I think, um, beyond that, I think a lot of times people just don't study the market. And so you'll get a book that kind of you're expecting one thing and you get another thing. They don't, um, the covers aren't exactly um up to market standards and things like that. And you might say, well, that doesn't really, what's the big deal about a cover? But it sets up a reader's expectation for what they're going to find inside. The title is the same way. So a lot of times we get 
titles that are really off, and so when the reviewer opens it up expecting one thing and they get another thing, right off the bat, that's a problem, just in their whole mindset and their expectations. So, so the, the, the title slash cover promised one thing and the inside delivered oh, something else. Right. Is that what I hear? Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that too. And and the other the other thing I think that will help on a review process, in addition to the the just the downright editing, and the whether both both on the developmental side as well as the the copy punctuation grammar side, is that I, I think interior designs and the visual. I, I work very hard with authors to uh, one of my bugaboos is paragraph perpetuity. Where people have these paragraphs at their entire page, you've got to give your eyeballs a rest. Right. Well, the thing is, I think what people don't understand is, you know, there's been these standards that have been set in the industry for years and years and years. And while it's always nice to be able to break out and be creative and say, okay, you know, the gatekeeper's gone and all that, and I'm my own boss, I can do what I want, the problem is that, People have expectations from these years and years of standards in the industry, and it's really disturbing on a subliminal level when these books don't kind of meet those standards. So Mm -hmm. you're used to reading something that's sort of flawless in punctuation and grammar, and and you're used to a standard, like you said, with the interior design and all those things. If they if they're subtly off. They just subtly bother a reader, and the reader maybe they don't even articulate what's wrong, but it's just not the same reading experience that they're used to. Well, and, and I have to say, in defense of the independent self-publishers, which is who you're working with, is that there's been such dramatic changes in traditional publishing that the standards are not what the standards were 20 years ago. No, it's that's true. But even so... I think people still expect those standards. I mean, I've yes. had so many people say, wow, I just I just read this book from Random House or whatever, and there were a bunch of typos, you know, and yep. they're just yep. not used to I, that. I had a book. I had a book with McGraw-Hill in the 90s. It was called Gender Traps. It was a great book, but there were errors that I actually, you know, I caught them as the author on my on my copies, right. and, had, and they were copy editing, you know, typos, and I told them to correct them, and doggone it they didn't and i remember being reviewed by someone in your role with the chicago tribune saying there are three errors on this first page how can i believe the data from the study is correct right and i said well "Well, the data from the study actually was my pdfs that got dropped in (laughs) but but so i know that that's correct but you know i was defending myself when i shouldn't have had to been Right, but so then you know how important it is because oh, it's, it it's, it's, it's absolutely right off the bat. It's a credibility issue. Well, those are some of the reasons. Editing is 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 the biggie. Um, why doesn't mainstream publishing and and who are the publications? Mainstream publications. Why have they so tiptoed around or away or kind of had the voodoo X uh, against the self published market? Well, I think just because of what we've been talking about, you know. Nobody has, all the book sections have very, very limited resources. I mean, it might be a big daily paper, but um, most daily papers don't commit very many, much resources to the book pages. So 
So you have a limited budget, and you have, um, I can speak from sitting in that desk for 12 years, you get books coming, pouring in, pouring in. You can't even imagine. I would get probably 250 books a week just from traditional publishers. And, and you know, you got to remember that among all those books coming in are books that people really want to read a review on. Um, how good is the latest Stephen King book? Or, I mean, as much as they don't probably necessarily need a review, people want to read that. Or, um, you know, whatever ex- latest expose is in Washington or whatever. There are a certain number of those books that you are going to have to cover if you want to keep an audience of interested readers on your pages. So already, you know, that takes up a lot of space. And then um, you want to give voice to some new uh, new authors. And uh, by that time, you're just inundated. So you have plenty of books that have already been vetted, that have been well copy edited, that have been well edited, hopefully, um, to choose from. So when a self-publishing It's just what I said before, you know, when you get a bunch of self-published books, well, people will be interested in the ones that are super great, but you have to commit so many resources to finding those books. They have to read probably 10 books to find one that's maybe worthwhile running. People, book sections just don't have that kind of resource. Or more than ten. So the yeah. so the bottom line, if an author is going to have a chance, it better look bloody good on the outside yeah, before well. they even open it up to see about the inside. Otherwise, it goes into your slush fund, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Like if <laughs> the you can slush pile. If you have yep. a book and it looks just like um, I put it next to a book by from Random House or Simon and Schuster, and it looks it looks yep. just the same, you know, quality wise, and I. There, and I can't tell it's self-published, then you, there, you have every, you're on the same playing field. You know, well, that's if I don't huge. know it's self-published, it, I might consider it for a review. Terrific. All right, Patty, how do people find Blue Ink, and what's our secret code that they can use to get a discount to get one of, to, to get one of yours? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm, I forgot. <laughs> you know what? If, 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 they, if they go to the AuthorU website and they click under Associates on the AuthorU.org website, there is a code that can be used that they can save $75 on a review, if I recall correctly. Is that right? Right. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I, I, I suggest everybody go to your AuthorU website to find that code, and then um, and then they can go to www.blueinkreview.com. And um, all the information on ordering a review will be there. Terrific. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Judith. Great talking to you. All right. Take care. All right. Next up, next week, have you got a blog? How's it working for you? Are you getting traffic? How about comments? Is it exciting or stimulating, or is it just something the web designer told you you had to do? Well, next week, I it's, it's all about blogs, and with me will be the really uh, one of the best blogs I know out there. We're going to have um, Joel Friedlander with us, who is known as the, the book man, and we're going to be talking about blogs, how to make them sing, how to make them soar, how to get them do what they should be doing. So join me. Next week, I'm Dr. Judith Bryles. You're listening to your guide to book publishing. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.
for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.